Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. Well, we're continuing our series called Wanderers from Failure to Faith. Last week, we talked about... uh, Team Faithful and Team Faithless, and today I'm going to talk about faith. So we're just continuing this theme, and uh, I would probably title this one God's View. That's what we're, what we're running after today, because the scripture says that those who are right with God must live by trusting in Him. In other words, Romans says the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's a powerful verse. So did you know that God wants to reward you when you seek him? Does that do something for you? I mean, just think, if you just all of a sudden woke up tomorrow and said, you know what, I'm going to change some things in my life and I'm going to seek God a little bit more. And that little that little nudge that you've just given yourself will cause God to want to reward you. Not because you're earning anything, it's just that God can't help himself when you draw near to him. He says, well, I'm going to draw near to you too then. He loves to fellowship with his kids. The Bible says, so the way to live is by faith, and the way to connect with God is by faith, and without faith it's impossible to please him. So what in the world is this faith thing that we're trying to get at today? Well, faith is an interesting topic. You can never cover it in really a month. You could preach on it and talk about it all day long because it's multifaceted like a diamond. It has many angles to it. So one of the uh, evidences, though, of of the elements of faith that I want to look at today, though, that I want to hone in on today is this. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. And we're going to see that very clearly in Numbers today as we jump into the next few chapters. Last week, we looked at the first 10 chapters. First, I want to talk about what faith is not. Faith is not a desire. It's not something you necessarily wish for. Uh, You could pray for something, and you can really sincerely desire and crave it, but it doesn't mean it's faith. Desire can lead to faith. I get that. Uh, I mean, as a teenager, I strongly desired for a car, a vehicle, but... That wasn't faith. Another thing faith isn't is it's not pretending that something is true that isn't true. For instance, I could try to believe that this music stand here is edible. And I could, by faith, believe it's made of chocolate. And I'd break my teeth. I'd bit into it. doesn't matter how much faith you have, it's not. It's not going to be chocolate, it's metal not going to be chocolate no matter what I say. No matter how much I lip it, I'm not going to be able to grip it. Right? No matter how much I name it, I probably won't be able to claim it. Have you heard some of that stuff before? I didn't share that part in the first service. It's a little sophisticated. No. (laughs) I figured you guys get it. But anyway. um, So faith isn't psyching yourself up for something. It's not pretending something is it isn't. It's not conning yourself into something. Faith isn't a feeling. Boy, that's a big one. How many 
times do we go by our feeling instead of faith? Well, I just feel this way, so I'm going to go that way. You know, faith means you have to override your feelings. You have to go against your feelings. It, it transcends all of that stuff. Faith is doing the right thing in spite of your feelings. But faith is not bargaining with God either. It's not like, okay, God, if, you, if I do this, then you'll do this. Because God is not a gambler. He's not going to gamble. He just doesn't do that kind of stuff. Faith is a way of looking at the world from God's point of view, having a God perspective. Hebrews 11.1, 1, a great passage, scripture verse you're familiar with, says, Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Not might, not hopefully, but hope for is going to happen. And the assurance or the to be certain of the things we do not see. Therefore, faith is being certain of the things you do not see. Then faith obviously has to do with your vision. I mean, we would agree with that. Like, I think. Well, the Bible says that faith is a way of seeing according to this passage. Now, there's more than one way to look at something. What matters is how you see it. And not even necessarily how I see it, but how does God see it? That's very important. Faith is learning to see things from God's point of view and having his vision. Now, the Bible says that everything is temporary that we see. This building, the chairs you're sitting in, everything you see around you is temporary. It's not going to last. Now, how many think it's wise not to put your confidence or faith in stuff that's not going to last? That's a pretty much a no-brainer, although we do it all the time. The things that last are actually unseen. The spiritual arena. This is where faith comes in. The Bible has many examples of, of what we call uh, seeing with the eyes of our heart or our spiritual eyes. That's seeing from God's point of view, God's perspective. That's faith. Now, there's all kinds of examples in the Bible of this happening. I'll just give you one little one for sake of time. Second Kings chapter 6. Elisha and his servant are surrounded by a bunch of bad guys. It's a big army, and they're coming against Jerusalem. And uh, didn't really bother Elijah. He just kind of yawned and looked around and, you know, waking up. He's like, oh, yeah, nothing new today. Of course, the servant was pretty freaked out when he saw the bad guys. Big army. So Elisha prayed, God, open the eyes of my servant so that he could see really what's going on around here. And God did that, and what his servant saw was this massive angelic army sitting on chariots of fire surrounding the army that was surrounding them. Things went a lot better after that. He opened the eyes of his heart, his spiritual eyes. All kinds of examples of that in the scripture. So I want to look at what happens when we see eyes, when we see with eyes of fear, and I want to see what happens or what it looks like when we see eyes with eyes of faith. Because we need to understand how important it is to see everything in life through eyes of faith from God's point of view. A great example of this, again, is in Numbers as we move into chapters 13 and 14. Here's the background again. If you are here last week, you heard a lot of this. But Moses had led the nation of Israel to freedom. They have successfully defeated Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. They have, well, God did. The Egyptian army was obliterated. They are free from that time uh, and season of life, 400 years of slavery. They crossed the Red Sea, and they spent the first 10 chapters in Numbers camping out at Mount Sinai, 
And we talked about that last week and how well all happened there and how strategic that was and how it's important to be part of team faithful, not faithless, because <laughs> there's two teams. Now, here we move into beyond the, that part of the book, and the Israelites are moving out, and they're moving towards the promised land that God has called them to possess. And they're moving real slow because they got a lot of stuff. They got all kinds of people, you know, women, children, older, elderly, young, pregnant people, all kinds of stuff, cattle, you know, all kinds of stuff. Just and they're so they're just moving. And they're heading towards Kadesh, and they're getting ready to cross the Jordan into the promised land. And this is the land that again God had promised them, and they had spent four hundred years in slavery, and now this possibility of entering into a country where they can be their own people, the people of God with freedom. And before they cross, though, Moses gathers the people together. He says, I'm sending some spies into the land. We're going to check out some things. He gathers 12 of them together, and he says, this is going to be a little fact-finding uh, mission for you guys, a little reconnaissance. Why don't you go in there and find out all kinds of stuff for us so we can be well-prepared. All right? So 12 spies that God chose went in. They came back. They had some mixed reviews. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, were full of faith. They were part of Team Faithful. They said, let's go. We can take this. We're ready to take it. This is going to be amazing. God has given us this land. It's, it's ours. It's the promised land. Two spies, you know who they were. Now the other ten, they came back and said, yeah, yeah, it's a great place, but... Now, whenever you hear that word, but, you know you're in pro you got problems. And they had a whole list of problems why they can't go in. They're, they're not seeing with eyes of faith. They're seeing with eyes of fear. And here, here's the names of the ten guys. I'm just going to name them. Hopefully, I'll get them right. Shaphat, Egal, Hosea, Paltai, Gadiel, Emiel, Sethur, Nabai, Geul, and Shamwah. And that does, that's not the thing that you use to dry your car, the last one. Now, you're, you're going, and then, of course, Joshua and Caleb. Now, you're probably going, man, I never heard of those other guys before. That's pretty typical. Usually the negative guys we don't remember, right? The ones who brought the bad report, nobody wants to have anything to do with them after a while. Nobody remembers the critics who said it can't be done. Only the people you remember are those two that really stood firm, said, by faith, we can do this. Let's go in. God's going to give us this land. And so they saw with eyes of faith, and the others saw with eyes of fear. And because of that, they failed uh, to see with eyes of faith. Because of that, that whole entire generation suffered the horrific, horrific consequence of not entering into the land. They had to spend another over 38 years marching around in the desert because they failed the test. Wandering in the wilderness until that whole generation died out. You know, the thought occurred to me. How many people today, how many of God's people today are just wandering? They're just bouncing around. They got no roots. They've never really sunk their roots down. No traction in life, just kind of here and there. And they're a little frustrated and they're not fulfilled. And, and they're not living out the promise of God, the will of God for their life fully. Because they're just kind of wandering because they're not seeing with eyes of faith. You ever think about that? Nobody wants to be a wanderer. Well, there's five things that happen, actually, when you see with eyes of fear. Numbers chapter 13 and 14, we're going to see those. First of all, we exaggerate our difficulty. That's a big one. 
Here's the amazing thing. God just delivered them from Egypt. He delivered them from the most powerful nation in the world, from the most powerful man, Pharaoh, in the world. They hands down just wiped out their army. And now they're worried about somebody else. How quickly we forget. I mean, you ever, has that ever happened to you? God has done some pretty amazing things in your life. He's always been working. And all of a sudden, you run into some white water. And you just kind of freak out. And you forget all the things that God did. My, we have short memories at times. But when you look at the problems, like with eyes of fear, the more you look at the problem, the more exaggerated it gets. Somebody criticizes you, and then you think about it all day long, and pretty soon the whole world's criticizing you. It grows a proportion. Look at the negative report. Numbers chapter 13, 27 and 32 says, They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit, but. Okay, here's the but. The people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, and Amalekites live in the Negev, and Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites, they live near the sea along the Jordan. Caleb silenced the people before Moses says, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we could certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. They spread, they, and, and they spread this among the Israelites, this bad report about the land that they had explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are great size. So the, the majority uh, report of the spies was largely negative. I'm going to point out 